0: Welcome. You're listening to Calling Men into the 21st Century with Leonard Simcek and Rick Bronick. Join us as we dive into the fascinating world of men and discover how we can survive and thrive in the 21st century. We're really calling men to adopt a classics model. That's our acronym for. Classics, C stands for connection, L for love, A, authenticity, S, spirituality, S, sexuality, I, intention, C, community, and S, sovereignty. Right. The fifth
1: Classics behavior is sexuality, the, the second S in the word Classics. Um, when we're talking about sexuality, we're talking about accessing pleasure responsibly. We're really aware of the Me Too movement and how men have used their sexual energy to harass hurt, rape, and take advantage of women. We are uh, strong supporters of the Me Too movement and strong supporters of men being responsible for their sexual behavior. And we think that when we first started writing this book, uh, we wondered whether a chapter on sexuality would be advantageous. And the more we wrote, the more we thought about it, uh, the more we became convinced that this was one of the key chapters. And I'm so glad we put this in the book. One of the things we came up with as we were writing is the Declaration of Male Sexual Rights. I don't know if anybody has ever put into words these these rights. We believe men have the right, for example, to be inherently sexual erotic beings who embrace our healthy sexuality, no matter our age or orientation.
0: Yeah, we also believe uh, men need to feel safe. It's a right to feel safe in sexual relationships without worrying about Having to perform, feeling safe means I don't have to worry or be anxious about performing, but I can just feel safe in a relationship and just be naturally sexual. Yeah, the third right is to
1: connect our sexuality with our hearts and souls. We talked about this uh, in the in the uh, uh, dimension of love that men have a very difficult time connecting their sexuality with their hearts and souls. When they do that, amazing
0: things happen, and we believe men have that right. And what happens is the right to receive joy, aliveness, and connection from authentic sexual expression. So when we are really connected throughout our body, again, using all these dimensions, wow, we can really fully express ourselves with wonderful joy and passion. The fifth right is to freely explore
1: our own truths about our sexual expression. What turns us on and what is playful and fun and erotic between consenting adults. Many men feel very stunted when it comes to their sexual expression. And we want to give men the permission to fully explore, experience, and express their sexuality in whatever way it feels right
0: to them. And the sixth declaration of our rights, male sexual rights, is that we need other men with whom we can openly share our thoughts and feelings about sexual problems, pain, issues, or passion. You know, Rick, it's it's really painful that men uh, do a lot of bravado about our sexuality, but to actually share openly is not very common. It's pretty rare for men to just share openly about their own sexual expression.
1: I agree, Leonard. Uh, on the weekends that I lead, there's a, a process that where men get a chance to do that, and it's always extremely powerful, and many men say it's the most important part of the weekend for them. Also, in men, ongoing men's groups, it's a, it's a topic that comes up again and again and again as we go through our lives and come up against different kinds of problems. Let's move on to the seventh behavior that's in the Declaration of Male Sexual Rights, and that is men have the right to create a strong, heartfelt sexual connection with ourselves which makes our connection with our partners more fulfilling and resilient. We get to experience and practice on our own bodies and learn to
0: love our bodies, and that makes us better lovers with our partners. Right, and the eighth declaration of male sexual rights is that we have a right to be celibate or asexual without shame. This is very important. So right now, I'm not in a relationship, and I was in the seminary and practiced celibacy. So when I'm not in a relationship, I do practice celibacy, and I can do that freely without feeling ashamed. Oh, something's wrong with me that I'm not in a sexual relationship. It's important that we, we are overcome any shame base.
1: Yes. In fact, in my first marriage, I was celibate for a very long time, not by choice, but that's the way it was. And I had some shame about it. And I'm glad that we've added that as the eighth and final right that men have around their sexuality.
0: You know, I think, Rick, one of our future podcasts would just be devoted purely to sexuality because it's really a hot area uh, that us men really rarely talk about. But let's move on to the next level, next to the I in the classics, and that sounds that's for intention. Can you share with us a little bit what that's about? Yeah, we believe
1: that men of intention create a mission of service. Uh, something larger than themselves, that they can serve in the world. And that men who have a mission of service are men who are happy and fulfilled and engaged in life more fully. That mission of service can be something huge or it can be something small, but it's greater than themselves. Uh, That's what drives men. Men have an inherent need, I believe, we believe, to have a mission so that they can stay connected to the larger world in a very powerful way. My mission, for example, is I create a passionately loving and peaceful planet by radiating my gold and leading safe, sacred, diverse, healing circles. And I feel very privileged where my life is today. That's about all I do. I lead trainings with men and women, particularly men. Uh, I coach men and women. I give inspirational speeches. And of course, I'm a writer. And each one of those activities, I get a chance to create a safe, sacred container with the people I'm working with. And, and together we grow.
0: And, you know, knowing you, Rick, of course, I see you living your mission of service. And this is not being self-serving. You're only just about Rick. You're really being of service to the community, knowing that you have your gifts, your talents, that you're sharing. So you can be a model for other men to step up into uh, just being a very... Uh, more connected, more loving man in the world. So I think that's uh, it's important that when we do live our mission of service, it, others recognize it and they see that. Well, thanks for noticing, Leonard. And I know you have a beautiful mission too. What is that? Well, my mission is to connect with spirit and use my words to educate, inspire, and entertain others to return home to love and inner peace. So my, is I said, my, I have a strong spiritual connection. And I try to get inner guidance to use my words through speaking, through therapy, through writing, to inspire others to actually return to that inner place of sanctity within themselves so that they can be the best and live out their mission. I love your mission, Leonard, and I know you
1: live it fully in the world. What's important for a mission is that it has a clear vision of what what you want the world to be like and supported by an action that creates that vision more and more in the world every day. The two things together become an unstoppable
0: force to change the world. And that kind of takes us to be a force in the world. We need community. And that is our seventh Classics dimension. Tell me about it, Leonard. So community, community, the old model of community is about uh... basically being self-reliant doing everything on her own but community is really being in community with other men and with other women it really blows my mind whenever i'm uh, counseling men and i say well who, who would you say are your closest friends and I hear this over and over again. Either they don't have friends, or who they said were their closest friends were friends that they maybe they talked to once a month, yeah. or once every three months, or a drinking buddy, or a drinking buddy. Yeah. So community is really about establishing community where we are connected, and I so you, you and I are in the same circle mm-hmm. where we get together weekly to share where we're at, to get accountability, to get a support. Boy, it is—it's it's almost like being a part of a family. Yeah, exactly. And a, a very supportive family that has gotten both of us
1: through very difficult times in our lives. I don't know how I could have gotten through some of the things I've survived without
0: the support of some amazing men. I know when I went through my divorce uh, many years ago, I was involved with a, just a very supportive group of men. And boy, was that that was very nourishing and helpful for me to just lean into these men and to draw upon their support to help me get through a very difficult time. I don't know how, where the hell I would be without their support. Yeah, I don't think I'd be here either. My my
1: last divorce ended with my wife uh, absconding with every penny that we owned and moving to another state to be with a different man uh, while I was out of town. So I come home to an empty house, empty bank account, uh, no wife, uh, and I went immediately to my men's group and got enormous amounts of support. And They've,
0: they've stayed with me for a long time as they rebuilt my life from there. Wow. And then our last uh, dimension in our classics model is S for sovereignty. And that is leading with our inner king. And so the inner king is is not power over others. It's about accessing our inner authority, our inner sense of strength. And as we know in our men's work, uh, we use archetypes, so the the warrior, the magician, the lover, which we can talk about at another time, sure. but they are in service to the king. so that means that I have within me this inner strength, and it's hardwired within me. I remember when I moved from Australia back to America, I kept on seeing king signs everywhere, <laughs> King, auto wash, king carpet, and it was telling me that I had to access my inner king to really and overcome the crises that I experienced moving back to America was a reminder for me to go inward, to connect with my inner king, to help me through some very difficult times. Absolutely, Leonard. And I remember you telling, sharing that story with me. For me,
1: uh, the inner king is critical. When I'm in touch with my king, I am blessing the realm. The realm healthy and beautiful and generative. Um, and I've seen women get in touch with their queen energy and do exactly the same thing. Uh, We support men to learn to access that archetype of the king uh, as that final important step in the classics
0: model. And we look forward to sharing more about our classics model and hearing from other luminaries in the field of men's work. You've been listening to Calling Minute of the 21st Century with Rick Bronick and Leonard Simchek. Join us for the next session
1: as we continue to dive into the fascinating world of men.